1: Welcome to Advice from a Young Tradesman Season 3, Episode 3. I'm your host, Noah Cantor, and this is the second episode of the 3X Base series. And as I say all of this, I'm realizing how cumbersome these titles are getting. But considering my podcast name in the first place, I think this all tracks. Again, I am joined by Luke DeBlasi of De Blasi Painting and Connor McLaughlin of Remnant Restoration Painting for our second group recording. We start out by recapping the holidays. Connor shares some scheduling woes. I think he calls it schedule destruction or schedule annihilation. So we we go there, we get into that, and then we get into a topic that I am really passionate about that I don't think I hear discussed often in our realm, and that is money, but, but but the behind the scenes stuff. This industry is obsessed with the top line gross profit and margins, and that is cool, that's important. And it has a place, obviously, but I think what you do with it after you make it, how it moves through your business and into your personal life, into your personal accounts, how often, what benefits it buys you, what freedoms it buys you, do you have a safety net? These are all more important and interesting questions to me than just that top line stuff. So we go down the rabbit hole there and go over all this stuff as it pertains to us and extends to our employees or not. So my hope here is that this conversation will get you thinking about this stuff at a deeper level because I really think it's critical. This is why we got into the world and work in this line of work. It's, it's to enable our lives, ideally, right? So this is where the rubber meets the road. As I mentioned in the previous intro, there is an anonymous survey in the show notes because we, I, want feedback on this series and it only takes a few minutes. So please help us out there. Sponsor time. Again, our new sponsor who came aboard for this three-part series is Painter Solutions, the fantastic online distributor of an incredible assortment of tools and goods. This is a buy painters for painters kind of business. They are unique in that you get the super efficient ordering and shipping experience that we've come to expect from the Amazons of the world paired with a very personal touch. And I think it's rare to get both, so it stands out. They also just started a loyalty program where you get points for dollars spent that you can redeem for rewards on future purchases, so check that out. So give them a look if you're a painter who's never tried them, and if you have, give them some love and some repeat business, and when you do, orders of $100 or more placed before the end of February. Uh, you can use the code podcast gift, all one word, lowercase, and this will notify our friends over there to include a special gift with the order. That is podcast gift, all lowercase, orders of 100 or more before the end of February. And next, a thanks to Armstrong Clark as well, makers of the greatest oil stain around. So great that it is really in its own category. I'm completely comfortable saying that if you start using this stuff, you will be ruined on any other exterior stain product forever, full stop. You might even be tempted to start offering unsolicited advice to hapless DIYers trying to buy some other retailer's sorry excuse for oil stain while waiting for your paint to be mixed. Now, you'd never do that, obviously. It wouldn't be polite, but you'd certainly be tempted. Anyway, visit the Armstrong Clark website. Give them a call to talk specifics. A knowledgeable person always picks up during business hours. Order a sample kit. It's free and start your journey to a better stain grade life and lastly a thanks to the pca the painting contractors association for underwriting content like this as i mentioned above this episode is about benefits and safety net and an exciting update out of the pca is that they now offer health insurance options to pca members and non-members alike the executive director, Nigel Costello was recently on the Paint Radio podcast talking about it. I learned a lot. It is really cool to hear what it is and just what they did to make it possible. The stuff isn't easy to set up on that scale. So whether you're a solo show looking for other options in the marketplace or looking for coverage for your team, check out the PCA's website and look into getting a quote. And another quick reminder that PCA's expo is March 2nd through the 4th in Orlando, Florida. Check out the schedule on their website and find a way to get yourself there if you've never been to an industry event. It will not disappoint. A big thanks to those three organizations that make this possible and enjoy the second episode of 3xBase. X Base. All right. All right. Gentlemen, happy new year. Happy new year. This is happy our new first year. one of 2020, our second one overall. Um, let's recap the holidays. Connor, you drove... A ton of miles all across America. What were you? Yeah.
2: Doing? Yeah. Went to, uh, drove to Iowa to be with my in laws for Christmas. And then I drove up to Minnesota to help my brother and sister move to Portland, Oregon. So I've pretty much, no, actually, with, with the exception of like the six, six hours from Pittsburgh to the Atlantic, I've driven across the US. It's over that. New Year's Christmas week. So this was like five full days of just traveling.
3: Wow.
1: Did you fly back?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I flew back to Iowa. And then, and then we drove to back. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just because um, yeah, my sister in laws were staying longer in town and my wife can be with her family and have help watching, watching her boys. And mm-hmm. that's what it was. She's got extra family time. So
0: right on.
2: Yeah. It
1: must be good to be back though. It is really nice being back.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I have, I, I have my limit just being away from home. So it's just, yeah. it's just nice. Like it's our home We're we're here settled i'm a
1: homebody
3: too
2: yeah
1: except you spent new year's up in uh my neck of the woods luke
3: yeah so we did uh we're lucky me and my wife's family live literally a mile from each other so every holiday we get to do all our stuff together so that was christmas um but then for new year's my wife's sister lives up in vermont what they're probably what 20 minutes from where you live Noah. yeah yep so yeah, we got to do. Was it the day before day after January first? We did yeah, uh, lunch day. at and closed down the diner because we got we, caught up talking. We did, yeah. Uh, the the strange little, you know, those diners that you drive past
1: and you always are like, "What the hell is up with that place?" But you never stop. That's where we went.
3: Yeah, there was like a windmill, like a fake windmill built on yep. the outside of it. Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, it was called the Dutch something, and those people were for sure not Dutch. I'm reasonably certain they were great. Yeah, <laughs>
2: um,
1: yeah the
3: food was good, though. It was
1: great. I am going back. I'm so glad we went there. But yeah, uh, That's a good spot. How about you? What did you do yeah. for Christmas, Noah? I went home to Rochester, New York. Uh, a solid chunk of my, my buddies there got COVID like, immediately after I showed up, so... Um, I was like seeing everybody from across the porch uh, in the cold, uh, eating chicken wings and drinking beer as we do in Western New York. And then I came back to, uh, to Vermont a little earlier than I thought I would because literally everyone had COVID. So options um, uh, were a little limited. So yeah, just hop back, hop back into life in the
3: project and got to have breakfast with Luke. So yeah, all good. Silver linings. Are they, are they Are they all stoked about the Bills this year?
1: They are, yeah. But like, they're never actually happy or hopeful about the Bills. It's always like a, there's like a silver lining, but like they're waiting for failure and depression to kick in. So it's <laughs> like, there's never just like a clean win. There's always an asterisk. Uh,
3: waiting for the other shoe to drop.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was it um let's talk like closing out 2021 and thoughts on 2022 and i don't know i have I've like a lead-in for each of you guys i mean connor you had you had an interesting december with some some time off to stop and pause yes and think like what you mind filling us in on what happened to your schedule in December and like what that allowed and thoughts on that
2: Yeah uh December was a little bit of a train wreck a little bit um well <clears throat> yeah it everything that I did not want to happen happened uh, mainly just with our schedule so um yeah we were Yeah. Into early, early December and yeah, December was essentially looking like two large projects, a full interior. Um, And then there was another large interior we're going to, we were going to be doing, which initially got delayed a little bit. Um, Some roofers were supposed to replace this client's roof and dormer this past spring. And end of fall came and the roofers did not show up at all after repeating the saying they would. So they're going to be back. So they're going to be doing the roof supposedly next spring, but, uh, there's still, um, it's a Victorian town home in Pittsburgh and client has been installing like custom gorgeous, like foot high base crown molding and all these rooms. So we were going to start on like prep, Um, so yeah, we had these, these, these two projects and, um, we were days away from starting our first full interior, which it was a large, large project and the client called and she said, Hey, I'm going to be, I've used this interior designer, uh, to yeah, help choose the colors for the rooms. Uh, one thing I offer with every single client is I I will send out an interior designer on my dime for a color consultation. Hmm. She didn't want to use uh, the designer I used. She got in contact with her previous one who had done a few rooms and kind of went a wall or went just was hard to get a hold of during COVID. But she got a hold of her to choose the colors. So the designer was supposed to call me up, give me the colors, and. Uh, essentially what happened is the interior designer on the call uh just informed me she did not want me on the project. Um did wow. you guys like bump heads?
3: Like did was there an issue there? The
2: uh, so the here's here's what what happened. Um she wanted to use the painter who was used in the previous rooms. So her reason was this is a painter I have a working relationship with and he's done a few rooms in this house and he uses the paints I want to use. So I want to use him. It was a, so it was a really weird flex, but um, yeah, this interior designer uh, is also in a relationship with this painter. Oh. So, so, and he needed to work End of December, so, so she was trying to, um, she was trying to like really give reasons that, like, there was there was she wanted to also like alter the scope of work and have prep taken further and remove these rooms, do these rooms, and, um, yeah, she was trying to make up like every kind of excuse there was, but there was like. No reason why we couldn't do the project. And also it was really strange because like ultimately like the client is the one who hired us, signed our contract, um, and to have an a designer like flex us off and kind of hijack the project. Yeah. I got a hold of the client and had like a long discussion with her. And then uh yeah, a day later she just informed me she's gonna be using this other painter, which during the estimate she told me she was not like very happy with, like she's not happy with his work. He would show up and leave, and show up and leave, and so it was it was like really it was really bizarre because there, um, yeah, it ultimately was just, it was just extremely unprofessional. So we had a massive like gap in our schedule. Well,
1: quick, quick question. Could we rewind yeah. that conversation with the client? Because you know, I, I feel like I would have lost my shit on that. It's been like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, we have a contract.
2: You don't do this to people. Like, yeah. How, how
1: did you handle that conversation?
2: Uh, well, she, uh, I was gonna meet with her. the following morning after her phone call. And. Yeah, she just sent me text like there's no need for us to meet. I'm just going to go ahead with this other painter. I'm really sorry about this. And I know it was misleading. Um, And I mean, I I just try to keep my like text. Yeah, like as professional as I could um, because yeah, like ultimately like Yeah, yeah, just looking back, like, there are people that are going to be doing really unprofessional things. um, And there's going to be bad clients. And yeah, like she she signed a contract and I could, could have really, I don't know, like, I don't know If, if she just the reality is if she wants to not have me not paint her home, then you can't just show up. Yeah. Yeah, There's no recourse. Did you have a deposit? Uh, I did not have a deposit for that, which looking back in hindsight, like hindsight, I should, I should have. So I did not take a deposit for it because, um, yeah, one, I scheduled this like mid, I met with her mid summer initially Mm -hmm. and I was not comfortable just having a deposit once you have to wait several months, especially for a job of that size. So uh, kind of the policy I had going forward was like, I will send you an invoice for a deposit two weeks before the projected start date. Yeah, And we were supposed to start earlier in November, and she kept on delaying us starting because uh, she's been having other work done in her house. So like our, the start date was already kind of like, it has already shifted like a a couple times. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean like for me, like the, even if I had like the deposit, um, my, my biggest concern was honestly just like keeping guys working during the holidays, especially Mm -hmm. as I'm, I'm looking to professionalize like my business. I, I think that's one mark of a professional paint companies that they keep guys working year round. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely a blow to that. And then the other project that was supposed to start start after that. um, And this one I I was like, personally, I understand a lot more, but he just, we just had the scope of work reduced. Um, So we could have started like prepping all this trim but he's worried about when he has his roof replaced there's likely going to be water damage because it's happened in his home before and you know to start working on trim that could get damaged he just doesn't want to do so yeah um yeah especially because that project is it's once it's fully complete like that's going to be a good sum of money So Mm -hmm. I, like, I understand that. And he's, he was also like gracious enough to, you know, give us some work still to do in the house not just completely say no to us. But yeah, that, that, like that combined combined. And then we had other smaller projects that could have helped fill in the time, but they all wanted work done after the new year. Yeah. Such a hard stretch
3: of time like that. But if you don't have like a new construction thing or something lined up, that's like if someone's out of town for a couple of weeks, like especially on the fly, trying to fill that gap, because and nope, and with the way Christmas and New Year's landed this year, everybody just yeah. wanted that week off. Everybody just wanted that week to themselves for family, and so to try to get work in there is thats on short notice—is it must have been real tough.
2: Yeah, yeah it Yikes. yeah, we we yes, just had our December gutted in a matter of days on um, short short notice. Um. And yeah, ultimately we just, yeah, just the last two weeks of the year, we just didn't have any, any work, um, which like, thankfully everyone working for me, like they were totally okay with that. Cool. And yeah, I didn't, I, they didn't say that I would, that would have been an issue because like financially, like I've, I've worked for other guys in the, over the past years, but I, I guess, when I've been painting professionally, I've also been married. So I'm also like looking to provide, um, especially like as I was starting to have kids, like and I was the only provider. Like I, I've worked at places before where I was laid off during the winter or kind of had not quite full time work through the winter and that is just that's something I, I personally hated because I actually needed the money. Mm-hmm. Um but it from what it sounds like that my employees would have they, like they were they were good with having the last two weeks off. So I'm um, yeah, I'm uh yeah, it, December was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how, how did you use that time then? How did um well yeah, use that time to really um I guess yeah, critically look at what I need to focus on on the start of the with the start of the new year. I also, yeah, use the time just to be with family, mm-hmm. and yeah, honestly, just spent a lot of time reflecting on what I need to be doing in twenty twenty two. And it, honestly, it, it was actually like a, a very good. Reset for me. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, even, even though it was really hard not having like the work for those two weeks mm-hmm. um, and making that decision, uh, yeah, it, it gave me the freedom to do things like I have not been able to do for a long time. Like personally, I, I've not taken a trip with my family for about a decade.
1: Mm.
2: So, yeah for about a, yeah, a decade, I've not taken like extended periods of time with my family. It's been like a long weekend visit. Yeah. Maybe, you know, twice a year at most. So it gave me a lot of time. I've, I've not been able to take like this past decade and helping my family, you know, my brother and sister moved to Portland, got quality time with them and my parents and so, uh, yeah, it was definitely hard, but I'm thankful for the time I was able to take mm-hmm. to be with family and also reflect on what changes I need to make.
1: What could you summarize, like what your, what's top of mind for 2022? Because 2021 was like your first full year in business. Like yeah. And all the seasons, right? Employees, like I'm sure there's a lot you could be thinking about, but like what's top of mind going, going into this year?
2: Oh man. Great question. Um, <laughs> let's see Getting,
3: again. getting large down payments from customers, yes. especially those using designers that they're okay. dating. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> Facebook stalking the designers and the painters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was, that was just, I, I don't, I don't know. That was just really just weird, just weird, just un- unprofessional. Yeah. And doing the phone call, cool. she was like, yeah. I I know if I was in your shoes, I'd be so mad. And like, if you never want to talk to me again, I totally understand. Um, But then defending her decision. And it's like, if, if you really think what you're doing is okay, then you would not, tell me I have like a, a right to be mad and that you've essentially wronged me. Yeah, just weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, looking ahead at 2022. 20, um, uh, yeah, the yeah, the, I mean, honestly, there's just a lot
1: I mean, you were talking about one of your goals last time I think was getting out of production.
2: Yeah. I mean like okay, yeah. So just like big
1: picture stuff like that. What's top of mind?
2: Yeah, I I'd like to get out of production. So I would like to hire another painter this winter. So um yeah, I mean that's especially now like a big goal of mine because yeah, this past fall we we were taking on a lot of large exteriors at each exterior presented a challenge. And I was kind of stuck in a hamster wheel of production. When especially fall time, I should have really like, focused more on like marketing, Mm -hmm. and just trying to get more estimates and focusing on like making sales a priority. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just myself anymore. Like I've three other employees. My time is not best used anymore, I think, in production. Hmm. Um, So I, like, I I largely want to be out of that. Although I expect I'm going to be kind of being support or training uh, or kind of doing projects I specifically want to do. But otherwise, I want to be, yeah, completely out of production as much as possible. Um, That's one training is an area that it was it was already like big in my mind for 2021 but I really want to get training down um because yeah I, training is hugely important especially as I'm looking to hire apprentices um yeah. like that that's really what I'm trying to do I'm trying to build a company and bring people into the company that don't have experience. I want to learn how to do high level work. And I also want to be able to like pay them well and give them a great work environment. And yeah, just seeing where like it, if I can have a business where I'm bringing in new blood and they're well trained and um, can execute high level work um, and And yeah, being able to train and replicate like high level work, like Mm -hmm. someone who's new to that, uh, that's really like a recipe for success. Like looking into the future as so many painters are going to be retiring. Very few guys have any plans, any planning when it comes to training. Um, So I'm looking at making a comprehensive training manual. If you Um, can figure
3: out how to turn good people into good painters, you're going to be a wealthy man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. So like training, that's, that's a big thing I want to really like get down and implement that and even see like some of the guys I've trained be able to train others. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's kind of built into the company. So yeah. Yeah. Training, getting out of production. Um, and I, I guess making a more sophisticated, sales and marketing at like aspect of the business just refining that mm-hmm. having it an actual coming up with an actual strategy mm-hmm. um, in those two areas sure you know just because I'm I'm looking to grow the business um, and and also to you like I want to see if I enjoy like running a business which at this point I think I'm going to be but if I have four or five employees and I'm not enjoying, like, running a business and I want to be painting, then I know, like, I can, it'll be easier to, like, size down at that point, kind of on the threshold than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting larger and then having multiple people that if I want to make that change, would be Affecting more people, so yeah I, can I, I just,
3: jump in on a marketing idea for you?
2: yeah okay, so
3: in the area the way our year has been the last couple of years like I, I just haven't had any more room for work, so I've just spent zero energy on marketing, but I came up with this idea maybe it'll apply or be helpful to you but if you go on like realtor dot com or like Zillow or anything like that, they have a recently sold thing. So you can search yeah. so you can, instead yeah. of like searching for a house to buy, you go into your zip code or a zip code that you want to work in. And you do recently sold, then you could sort it by like sales price. Right. So you can kind of cherry pick your customers. Yeah. You just mail them something, you know, if you just have mm-hmm. like a cool or and like we were talking a little bit before about gloss stuff, but like if you figure out how to do gloss stuff perfectly the way you want and you just work up a piece, tiny little pieces of wood that are like done in like some kind of high end gloss paint, you just mail it to them as like a, like a like a magnet they could stick on their fridge or something like that with your company logo on it. And then just like a little brochure about what you guys do. And like for us, those quick new residents, they always want like that quick paint job. The house is empty and like that's a good time to get them and you can make a lot of money on that job. And then two or three years down the road when they really want to start oh we, we want to do the shutters now we want to do the outside like you get in right out of the gate and they can skip the horror story of getting a bad painter in there and then you have a customer for life that just moved into the area i like that Whoa.
1: no idea if it
3: works magnets yes. <laughs> <laughs> my high gloss magnets yeah no idea no testing done on that one but it's been rolling around in my brain for like three years I think a lot of
1: realtors have painters that they recommend, but oftentimes those in my experience, those aren't the best ones. And oftentimes no one is available on that like last minute move-in timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Like pinpointing that demographic at like a 750 or a million dollar plus house mark and being available if you actually get that call.
2: That could be cool. Yeah, I have I have mailers and yeah, that's something I like I've thought about as I'm driving around, like seeing a, a nice home and a for sale sign. And if someone, yeah, if I was able to reach that, the new homeowners after that home is bought, then yeah, that, I, I there's a good chance they're going to want to change things in their home. And usually paint is like the first thing they want to do because it's like the simplest mm-hmm. to make it feel like home. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've just not. I've not acted on that. And that's um, yeah, I, I don't I also I don't know how much time that would take to just to I don't know. That could be part of training, man. Make the online
1: yeah. magnets.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just stick them on the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, Luke so yes. I saw your story today, something you posted in the past day or so was this giant wall flow chart that looked like the master's class that you and I saw Slavic doing <laughs> of your entire, like the, how a job flows through your company start to finish. So that as a lead in for, you know, how are you conceiving of 2021? What's top of mind for 2022? I feel like So that's that, part of
3: that. that was my first, uh, or one of my first attempts at a reel on Instagram. I was pretty happy with the way it came out. I'm not going to lie. But um, yeah, so that was, and that was a combination of uh, waking up too early on a Saturday morning and then uh, getting into some espresso that I got for Christmas. But uh, I've been, so 2022 for me is like reel it in Let's get organized from the top down. So like 2021, there was a lot of like standardizing on job sites that we needed to do. And for the most part, like the crews uh, did a really good job, of like making that jump With like, it was anyway, it was much more relaxed in the beginning of this year, just kind of the way the company was run and we just professionalized through the year, really everybody, we got everybody to come on board with most of it. And so like our job sites look more professional. We're all dressed more similarly. Um, the product that we're putting out is much more consistent. So like that, that was a big part of like me feeling disorganized in the business. Now kind of what's left is that flowchart being disorganized and not really having a stream and, That was uh, essentially, it was kind of delineating each individual step that from the time I get contacted by a customer to the time I deliver the, the works completed and I deliver the final invoice, what all those steps are and what I, the systems I don't have in place to do all those things in a reasonable way. So like from... You know, scheduling the estimate, con- or contacting the customer, recording all their information, scheduling the estimate, doing the estimate, delivering the estimate, turning that into a work order, the work order into uh, a job sheet for the for like a profit loss statement, all the way through to the end. And then recording sales, you know, not having sales, all this stuff. So that was and that's kind of what 2022 is for me. Is like, we've built this thing. That's, it's great. It's, there's a lot of sales. There's a lot of people paints flying all over the place. It's great. We get to do these incredible high end finishes. We get to work with, you know, interior designers that usually don't start dating the, the competition. Uh, but it's, it's, it's madness essentially on my end. And I am the kind of, Right now, I'm like, like running around outside of the hurricane, you know, and I'm just like running in the opposite direction of the wind, just getting pelted by cows that are flying by. And I just want to go into the eye of that storm and just kind of sit there and just be able to kind of control the madness in a way that makes sense mm-hmm. and kind of live within that chaos but not be destroyed by it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's 2022. And I actually was uh, working on uh, getting us started on work glue which is like a painter it's like a project management thing designed for painters specifically uh mm-hmm. before we got on this thing so we'll see how that goes but yeah that's pretty much where i'm at with it yeah are you the sole mind at like charging
1: ahead with that in your company or do you have like sounding board help like
3: what's that yeah like? so with this particular aspect it's It's me. It's essentially just me. Yeah. My sister who does a lot of our bookkeeping with us is kind of like I'll bounce ideas off of her, but really it's what do I need on my end? And really what's most important is being able to efficiently job cost. So I know exactly how we're doing on every kind of job that we do and being able to efficiently track sales and, and that that's really it so for me but you know within that is like tracking hours and that you know the hours automatically going into a job within that system and then so there's a lot more to it but really that having all my jobs profit loss statement on throughout the year right in front of me at any point where I could just click on it and it's all up to date that's that's what we're missing and it's i'm filling that gap with not sleeping as much as I should yeah So that's not the goal for, I just want to have a life like kind of, you were talking about the, um, the vacation with your family. Like I was thinking about that right when you said that. And I'm like, my honeymoon was the last time I took more than like a long weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's been two and a half years. So it's like, I'm ready to build, I got to build some freedom into my life.
1: Right Mm now.
3: I know. All
1: right. I like this stuff. There's going to be a lot of juicy stuff to go over uh, all year with this. Um, I feel like I'd be kind of redundant. I feel like I've said mine on episode one, which isn't with you guys. And like the first episode I did with you guys. Um, But I guess like the big picture recap is 2021 was just the last year that I'm touching exteriors. Uh, It ended in a shit show with people being injured and maybe having Lyme disease and hating everything, rushing bad (laughs) weather, like, It was just a really good, like final goodbye to exteriors, super happy to be indoors. Uh, I'm figuring out what kind of interior company I'm going to be. Um, obviously I have like basic procedures, but I'm doubling down on all these sorts of different tools, like getting a plane X, getting all this sort of stuff, figuring out what the highest end looks like and just kind of just rethinking all those assumptions I thought I had in place. Um, so yeah, that's the next month or two is just like thought experimenting every little thing and then resolidifying it. So I'm not just reinventing it every two weeks all year. <clears throat> um, probably look for another full-time employee Q2 once all those decisions are made and like implemented within the training manual and vendor knows how to do it and train it. Um, so then that'll be two full-times, one part-time. And then I'm also under contract on a duplex. So I assume the next few months are going to be a slight dumpster fire with getting into that (laughs) and like stabilizing that thing. Um, I'll be doing a live in flip on that. So that's also kind of a big somewhat work related priority. Live in flip. Live in flip. Mostly cosmetic. Yeah. I hope. hope. Waved inspection. So I don't actually know what I bought. (laughs) yeah it's an insane time
3: can i ask a question Yeah, because you guys are uh, in a similar uh employee like count right now and Mm -hmm. connor you were talking about like with three guys wanting to get out of production no is that like with at a three person like with three employees if you got up to that level do you think that's where you would want to start legitimately stepping out of that or do you because for me I still am part of production and we're at much higher level than that. Like much, not higher level, mm-hmm. but more employees than that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I
1: admire Connor's want to step out. I feel like that is a good impulse to have. I don't have, I'm too comfortable in production, which is probably uh, like a limiting thing for me. I don't dislike it enough where I want to build systems and replace myself. I don't think three people can create enough revenue where i can yeah. mostly step out i think i'm still um you know based on the modeling and like how i see this going i'm still in the field i'm just in the field less and i don't need to be there um you know in the coming months i know i'm gonna have a lot of the things that i do for interiors trained in other people where i can roll in, do a few higher higher level things that i haven't delegated yet but as far as being totally out, I think I'm gonna need to be there for maybe not most of the time every day, but you know, for chunks of most days to keep the kind of money that I want coming in rolling. So that's how I'm conceiving of it. But I don't I don't dislike it enough yet to really wanna
2: get out. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just going off of like I think Nick Slavic has shared Based off of like his modeling with four painters producing the revenue they they need to just standard industry benchmarking revenue, like Mm -hmm. you should be able to step away. So that's, that's where I'm trying to get at. And I, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm also like, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the business end of it. And also like, I I really just want to see people working for me, like succeed and like step into something exciting. Like I'd be excited with opportunities I'm giving my employees and like the freedom I'm giving them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Like, like there's projects this year I thought I'd be really excited to be working on and like, I'd be thoroughly enjoying it. And I did enjoy it. But at the same time I walked away like, yeah, I'm, I kind of wanna move on from this, um right, yeah, so like no are you are you wanting to are you still like enjoying like that, yeah, just like doing the work like production painting i I could not be more excited
1: about just the new vision for the company. It feels like making this decision, and like interior season for me used to be a thing to get through the winter. And I was always focused on the next exterior season. Even when I was starting interiors in November, I was just planning new pressure washing gear and methods and this and that. (laughs) And it was never a thing that I actually put much emphasis on but like, I don't know if you guys have ever made a decision that freed up so much bandwidth that you didn't know was being taken up by that by just that like dissonance or whatever like i'm just so excited to dive into yeah to creating this interior only powerhouse streamlined thing that just crushes it and, and this it does yeah. yeah oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, i, no, just... I, just, I want to be in the room for that it's not yeah, it's, yeah. So I'm not even thinking about leaving that yet. I haven't quite created it yet.
3: But it does take too, like literally 50% of the processes and the teaching. And like, it's not the same thing painting outside. Like, yes, you're holding a paintbrush both times, but until you get to that point, it is almost entirely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm excited for. Um,
1: Yeah. So that's it. You know, maintain its growth isn't a huge thing. It's it's adding some people while really honing. I'd rather have a team of three killers and an amazing vision than trying to add too many people without that. Like everything really nailed down and clarified. And again, like I, I can see the the pluses and, and and minuses of that approach. Of that, like I'm gonna wait till. Everything is perfect before I keep adding, adding, adding. But that's my style, so that is what it is, right? Mm. Um. Everyone said their piece on this. This front.
3: Yeah, I think so. I the only other thing, kind of that, when you were talking about it, um, was uh, at when you were talking about adding employee employees and then giving them the opportunities that you were talking about, like for your. Like you, you would be excited about the opportunities you've given your employees. Yeah, and I think about that sometimes for myself. And I, I don't remember who I heard say this one time. It might have been like Gary V on on some rant he was going on, but like that is, and it's proven to be true for me. Like the, um, remembering that your employees probably don't want the same things that you want, or else they wouldn't be working for you. And like, especially in our business where it's like, it is, well, you just did it, right? Like they, it's very, it's not easy to start a painting business, but there's little overhead. There's, you know, it's, it's easy access to start a painting business. So like when we, what we think, or personally, what I think of is like giving somebody a good challenge, a lot of times ends up being like, Hey, that was too much for me. You know what I mean? And like I've done that in the past where I'm like, this is your opportunity to really show me your metal and like what you're made of and like to handle this situation. And by the end of the job, they're like, dude, I, I don't, this isn't what I signed up for. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. Um, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Interesting thought. Um, I guess we'll see if that, if that happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, um, with the type of work we've been doing, yes, especially since I'm like hiring apprentices. Like I can share, like yeah, we're doing working on historic exteriors, and I can tell them like this is going to be like hard, dirty work. If we're doing like if we're doing fine finishing. You're just going to be spending hours sanding. Like I put an apprentice in a I don't know a 12 by 20 room and he was just sanding for an entire week in yep. one like one room like, <laughs> I can I can share this and like show them pictures like this is what we're doing um but if they're still like with me after three months then I think they and yeah like they're in, enjoying the work and I'm also I'm also like trying to be upfront too like if you're at this, if you're going to be working for me, like I'm expecting growth, like, and with growing, like, once you're no longer an apprentice, and this is something I set up previously, like there's three um, tiers of an employee that's painting, like, if once you're, you've moved past apprenticeship, like, you're, I'm like expecting you to be able to teach like basics to an apprentice, like, training is going to be part of like your job. If you're going to be sticking with me and like, I'm going to be putting you on projects by yourself. And then with an apprentice, like I'm expecting you like to be growing and yeah, growing. And um, I'm also trying to, you know, giving the incentives like with uh, pay and I'm really looking at expanding my incentives in the future, but uh, yeah, just trying to create incentives for them to grow and, and also just trying to be transparent with like, um, yeah, I guess just like a a path, like these are steps they can take so they can make what they want, have a skill level that they want. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to attract like that type of people, like those type of people too. Um, And I mean, yeah, so far I, I see that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I'll see this year um, how that plays out. Luke, that made me think of a
1: like a lesson I learned the first summer I hired college kids, where like you know, being the owner, it's pretty easy to get there at seven thirty eight and. Go till five, five thirty, until you're done. You know, it's like if you're spraying out a side, you're not going to stop at four thirty when it's twenty five percent left, right? Like yeah, yeah. You, you go till it's done. And I was kind of putting that on my employees, and they were like, they were like really intelligent and honest with me, and it ju- they were just like yeah, we're exhausted and this is ruining our summer. I was like, and like, there's that impulse to be like these goddamn kids, but it's like, no, no, they, they, if they put in eight hours, like they should go to the beach and drink beer with their friends. Like it's, it's, they don't need to martyr themselves for my business. They're working an hour. That's your job. Yeah, that's my job. Yeah. Like I shouldn't be doing it. I shouldn't be putting that on them. Um, Yeah. One thing I realized though is like, you have to send them home at four or four thirty Cause if you look at them and they're like, all right, I'm going to stay like, you can push if you want to, or you can go home. They're going to stay because they think they should. So it's like, yeah, you're guilting learned, them. Yeah. I learned that I had to kind of think for employees to an extent and yeah, really just force like a certain quality of life or not, not for a certain quality of life, but like not be aware that, it's not their
3: job to suffer
1: for my business
3: at all. So we have like, we, at our world, slightly less now, but we had 14 painters at our peak. And I, so I ran all the payroll and I can say for a fact, like 2% of payroll periods for, so like once a year, each person would go over 80 hours it doesn't have like guys just don't want to do it like yeah. and there's incentives like there's more money to be made there's you know like there's and you're like you're making the boss happy and like me you know but like people don't want to do it and it's like yeah. and you can get it too it's like people are busting their butt it's mm-hmm. painting's not easy like you want to go home that's why yeah. it, because if you didn't want to if you didn't want that nine to five or eight to four thirty or whatever whatever it is you would be doing it yourself Mm -hmm. You'd be taking that extra stress on because there's more money to be made as an owner generally, but they don't Mm -hmm. want that stress. It's like clock in, clock out. Everything looks great. Let's get the hell out of here. Yep. Yep.
1: And I think that's just a really important lesson for that workaholic solo person adding their first employee to just like get ahead of that. Be aware of that.
3: My dad did it to me and it worked. So (laughs) (laughs) we were both out there working 70 hour weeks together. Yeah, I mean you're gonna
1: you're gonna find the I mean you're gonna find the gangsters like that and a lot are gonna quit.
3: Yeah. And it's like it helps when you're related, I think. Yes. Yes. Um all right. Um, Oh, and then
1: Connor, a few several minutes ago you just wanna like put do a little show note plug. You mentioned an Askapana that Slavic did where he actually modeled out how many people you need in your business in order to replace yourself and we will put that you know whichever escapade that was in the show notes but it was early 2021 it was a really good episode Mm -hmm. um the next thing we talked about talking about is something that i don't hear a lot about on these industry shows and it's about basically compensation packages that the owners us we build for ourselves how do we give ourselves how do we pay ourselves what does that pipeline look like how do we give ourselves benefits if we do what that looks like going from that solo realm if that's where you're starting to maybe you have one or two people when do you start changing how you think about money passing through from your business to you and what your business is going to pay for. And that's been, that's been a big part of my thought process for the past really year. I've been, I've been like low level obsessed with that. (laughs) Um, and it's something I just don't feel like is talked about a lot. And I think, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about it. What is your, yeah.
3: What are you structured as? Uh, S Corp. So like, okay, that's what we are too. So, we yeah. do, so technically we're an S Corp with two owners, me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor, what about you? S Corp. Okay, cool. So let's just...
1: Classify what that is for the audience. If you don't know, I feel like we should also say we're not accountants, we're not lawyers. Get your own advice <laughs> in a very state to state. It's like anything, anything that I say, and I assume you guys say, is going to be knowledgeable. You've in, implemented it for yourself, but like this is all very personalized, customized. Take everything we say as a lead and as an idea that you craft around yourself. But basically, S corp is like a slightly different LLC with tax advantages where you pay yourself a base salary. That is loose, not loosely, is defined by your accountant interpreting IRS rules, and then you pay yourself dividends that are tax advantaged because you do not pay self-employment tax on those. So, uh, say your salary ends up being fifty grand, that's taxed as normal payroll. Your business is paying that to you. You're like a W-2 employee. Say there's another thirty grand in dividends, you are not paying self-employment tax on that you have to make a certain amount for the math to work because you have to file two tax returns with that as an S Corp. So if you don't, say you pay yourself 40 grand and no dividends, that math is probably not going to work. You're probably not going to save any money, but any good CPA will be able to tell you if an S Corp election is worth it and do all the paperwork for you. You guys have anything to add on that?
3: No, that's perfect. And it applies to the same thing with two owners. So it's, you know, you you pay your, both of you salary and you both can take dividends. And technically, uh, like from a legal perspective, the dividends need to be proportionate to ownership of the business. So Mm -hmm. like I own 60%, my brother owns 40%. So if I were to take out a uh, 50,000. I'm going to, I'm going to show up bad. I am at math right now. Uh, let's make it easy on me. If I was, if we were going to pay out a hundred thousand in dividends, he would take 40,000. I would take 60,000. But yeah. those are just rules. Like if you're in like a court of law, like if he was going to sue me or if I was going to sue him, you don't have to, uh, adhere to him.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you mind elaborating on – like, is your father is in the business too, but is
3: his stake – is he more of
1: a W-2 painter for your guys? And with, he is a sub. He know.
3: owns his own company. So for, for um, tax purposes, he, he had his own company previously. And then when we started the Blasey painting, um, we split the ownership between me and my brother. And then he is outside of it as a sub and which really just allows us to kind of control his income in a way that makes the most sense for him and my mom and, and whatever they have going on. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. He carries his own comp, all his own liability insurance. And it's just, it's in the beginning it was um, when we were first getting started, it was like, there were very small monetary advantages to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we, get a little bit bigger and we it's one of the things that we're going to be looking at this year and really like does this actually make sense or we just kind of like my accountant likes to say like you guys are a big business thinking like a small business it's like just Mm. maybe just do things exactly the way they're supposed to be done and it probably be easier (laughs) sure so and then can you talk about that 60 40
1: split if you're, you're you're willing
3: Yeah. So when you sign up with an S corp and like you guys probably both have a hundred percent of the stocks of your S corp. So like you actually, when you sit down with a lawyer, they make up a certain amount of stock certificates for your company and then they are issued to the owners. And so I was issued 60. My brother was issued 40. So technically from like a legal perspective, I have kind of control over everything where he's just like a 40% uh, he's owed 40% of the profits or the dividends when you pay him out. Mm -hmm. So we structure, we kind of do our own math and figure out what makes sense for our family. And we really look at it as like my whole, me, my dad, my brother, my sister, you know, and all of our wives and husbands respectively, kind of as like one big gang. And we figure out what makes the most sense for us financially. But in like a court of law, like I said, he would be owed 40% of the profits. I would be owed 60% after our salaries were taken out. Got it. All right. And then Connor,
1: did you start out as an S corp when you created the business last year yeah. or last, last
2: year now? No, I started out as a LLC. Uh, draws. Yeah. I mean, going into like starting a business, like 20 January, 2020 was the first time anything, about running the business ever crossed my mind? Like, yeah, I I, I do not have business knowledge remotely. I'm, I'm 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 learning. Yeah, trying to learn as much as I can. But I did not have like any previous knowledge. So I, um, just working at other paint companies before. Most of them were LLCs. So I just did a little research on. um, LLC. And uh, I don't know, just a, a solo. I, f- I forget what the, the term is. So something else. sole Soul yeah, proprietorship, okay. Soul yeah. proprietorship. Yeah. yeah. So set up as an LLC, and was also told to hire an accountant talk with an accountant. And I was yeah, I mean, this was was like frustrating too. The accountants I hired, I told them like I know nothing about taxes. Like, please explain it for me. And I, yeah, they just didn't do a great job. And so twenty twenty one came around the corner, and I told them like, uh, just from listening to some other podcasts, like I was like, should I consider uh. Mm-hmm rearranging to be like an S corp or should it be an LLC? And they said, Oh, like, we'll revisit it at the new year. They didn't revisit it. They were late on my taxes and I switched to another accountant and they told me, I just, I should switch to an S corp and just for for the tax benefits. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's like kind of what I've been doing is, um, just in general, like just paying myself, like what me and my family need. And that's like, that's it. So right now I'm, I have my base salary and if I need anything more beyond that, I just pull out what I need and just trying to be conservative. What we take out like that's, that's kind of my plan. Just, yeah. Cause it's especially like, I just want to, grow some capital in like, just as, as a business, have some capital. Yeah. Um, and yeah, 2021 was, uh yeah, just for different reasons, just an expensive year. Like, so it was not as, we had some, you know, projects that were, we had like, they were profitable, but also some larger pro- projects were, they were not that, <laughs> I created all yes. with profits and then like hiring people this year too. just when you hire someone, like it's to bring them up to production, it's like thousands of dollars you're investing in training them. Mm-hmm. So I've been training a lot in 2021. So it's like, it's been expensive. Um, so yeah. I'm just, yeah, just trying to take what I need for it now. That's, I don't know. That's, kind of my strategy
1: yeah so you hit on an important point that i think all of us do which is in that transition from solo to your first employee or two it's a really good habit to get into to pay yourself a fixed salary every single month that is non-negotiable to treat your own salary like a business expense that happens regularly just like your employee's will just build good systems and discipline in you that will help as you start adding more employees. You will manage cash flow better. It's, I think it's an important move to do before you think you need it. And yeah. Yeah, the, well fir-
3: the first year of our business, I left almost every dime that I made in the business till the very end of the year. Cause I just, I had that fear of us getting bigger than me being able to afford. Mm-hmm. And like me and my wife were living in an apartment at the time. And like I, we were fine. Like a, I didn't have any expenses, but after that first year and I established like, Oh, okay, we can do this. And then we had a little bit of, there's a little bit of wiggle room. You know, there's a couple weeks in the bank and you're good. If something goes sideways, then I totally agree. No, it's like, you gotta, again, the reason you're doing this is to provide for yourself and your family. So it's like
1: mm-hmm.
3: schedule that. And if you can, like, have it be very regular because it does, it helps you to plan for yourself and kind of like in that professionalization of your company, the same kind of idea. Like if you were working at another company, you'd be getting your paycheck regularly. Mm -hmm. And then you can plan, like you can make financial decisions based on the fact that you know that this like personal financial decisions based on the fact that, you know, this money's coming in like a normal person. Yes. (laughs) That's kind of what we're getting at here. It's
1: like, I I think we should be treating ourselves like, yeah, treating ourselves and setting us ourselves up with kind of benefits and a safety net as if we were an employee, because we are like, just because we're in the wild west of employment and, and the trades, like, we should still be giving ourselves those things. That like we take a lot of risk in doing this and I, like no one's going to do this for us if we don't. Um, mm. Which is why I, I think this is a really important conversation to have. Um, so, all right. We're on the same page there. Cool. Um, S Corp, regular payments to yourself. And also, like you said, say, leaving capital in the business to reinvest, to buy tools, to if there's a dry spell, give your employees some money, like just all those things you might want to do. It's worth leaving money in the business for that, and then bonusing yourself hopefully at the end of the year. Yeah, um, it takes
3: that stress off too. It's just like it. it, it yeah. If you like, let's say that that you don't take that extra ten grand out, and you and you just again, you just leave it in there till the end of the year. And then you just, it's just like a sigh of relief. You know, it's in there and it's like, okay, if anything gets crazy, like, you know, it just, mm-hmm. we, it's, it's stressful enough as it is, even when the money's good, right. And everything's good. It's a lot, it's a lot on our shoulders. So take it, if you can cross one off the list, mm-hmm. why not? I will say one lesson I learned,
1: this is my first full year, 2021 as an escort, first full year, one lesson I learned, I'd say a minor one, not, not a huge thing, but, um, I was still paying quarterlies at a rate like I wasn't also paying payroll tax every time I cut a check to myself. So I checked in with my accountant in August and I was like, how am I looking like with this, looking like this for the next four months? Like, what's my tax burden looking like? And he's like, oh, you're getting money back. And I was like, I don't want to get money back. I, like, even. <laughs> I would I just like to have IRS it. <laughs> to like that's, that's not the goal here. Yeah. Um, and just because I was paying payroll tax on my checks every time and quarterly contributions. yep. Um, it's like, I'm going to get back like probably close to 10 grand in April, which I don't like.
3: No, like, it'd be better if you just had it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want that <laughs> in my pocket. Like I said, I'm buying a shithole duplex with an unknown amount of problems. In the next month or two, like I want that money, so so that
3: yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Like, we only file annually. What's that? We only file annually, so like we do. I do payroll like through paychecks. We do our payroll. Mm-hmm. So, but we don't have to. We just. I think you. I think your accountant has to like put something in to say like we're going to file at the end of the year. But like yeah. we don't. We I do nothing quarterly than sales tax for I your kinda, state
1: yeah that's a conversation i have to have i thought i had to
3: but yeah i think as an s corp i don't think you need to okay yeah mm-hmm. i might you, you know the irs control. is going to come knocking on the door as soon as this thing airs. <laughs> like, excuse me
1: <laughs> but um but yeah that was that was like my little oops that like i'm not gonna make that same mistake again and it's gonna be nice to 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 you know get that back in april but like not ideal not ideal at all. Um, all right, so that's payment. Any final words on that before we move to like kind of the benefits package, safety net
2: part?
0: Hmm.
1: No,
2: nope. I I don't know if we we'll touch on this. If it'll be worthwhile touching on this later, Noah. But I'd be interested to hear what you're looking at doing differently for 2022. Like specifically, like what, like what is your plan for 2022? 2022 that you're looking at doing differently on on that front yeah just like this on this whole topic
1: yeah i it's i think i can't quite know that answer until i i talk with my accountant around tax time and all the numbers get confirmed um but it's probably gonna be less less quarterlies or no quarterlies if if i can do that um and just just really firmly saying like, dude, I pay you a monthly retainer kind of to like have my back on this stuff? Like, how are we going to avoid this happening? Um, And one, like when we realized that I was going to be owed in August, one way I started to get ahead of that is in QuickBooks, you can actually eliminate or reduce your federal and state income taxes you pay on each check. Yep. And that's like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars every time. So I was actually going in and manually zeroing that out just to like put more money in my pocket now. Um, So now that I know that tool where I can tweak and balance things out, that could be part of it. But yeah, it's really, it's going to be a better talk and an adjustment with my accountant first and foremost, who's very good, but I'm one of probably hundreds of his clients. And, you know, I'm not like... He's not like my personal concierge who's like checking in on everything Uh, without my knowledge. I still, I'm still a small fish, meaning I kind of have to drive those, those things in a way. So Mm. does that answer your question? That's about all I can offer on that. (laughs) A
2: little little, little bit, kind of. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't have a better answer than that at this point,
2: (laughs) but... Well, you're going to ask next about, you said benefits. Yeah,
1: just the things that and I also want to eventually get to if we give these things we're talking about to our employees, like if not how we're thinking about it, about all that stuff. Um, but as far as just like, let's talk safety net, right? Like your average employee gets workers comp automatically. They have to, uh, maybe disability, maybe you're paying health insurance, Uh, that's the kind of thing where at least in Vermont, like I can waive workers comp. I don't have to get disability. Like I can be a cowboy and go without all that stuff.
3: And yeah. Do you have to have it? Yeah. Really? New York, you don't have to pay it on yourself.
2: You can elect not to. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. For, well, for employees. Yeah. They need, they need that. Like as an owner, I don't need, Workers comp. But... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like you. Can yeah. Okay. For I was... yourself,
1: not for employees.
3: But yeah. Connor was about to move to Vermont. Man, he was I like,
1: yeah. <laughs> "I'm getting out of here." Yeah, I don't think that's true anywhere, even in. Okay,
2: I was American like,
1: states?" What's? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't even know of a state that may that where you're not allowed to exclude yourself. I've never heard about that, but.
3: I, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if you can include yourself on workers comp, because mm-hmm. like, I, if you think about it from a perspective and, and I, I don't know if I'm, i I could be completely talking out of turn here, but like if I'm an owner right of a company, I start a company in day three, I'm like, I would like to collect on my workers comp now. And I just jump off a roof and break both my legs, <laughs> you know, like and then I'm filing a comp suit and I'm good. I, I really, I don't know that you can in New York state. That'd be, this oh, yeah. is where we need like somebody in the background, like Googling things. So we only make slight fools out of ourselves.
2: <laughs> well, I, I just spoke with my insurance agent and yeah, cause I'm going to be um, doing, yeah, I'm going to be doing some work for him and he was, I have to renew a policy. Um, and he was asking me if, if I want to be, If I want to keep my, if I I want to be on workers comp, like include myself on it, which I don't have to, but he was asking like, uh, like, do you have insurance? Because if you don't have insurance, it might be worthwhile for you to add yourself on workers comp. So that's, I guess that's like the one, at least from my insurance agent here in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, he. He thought if for for someone without health insurance, it is worthwhile to add yourself as an owner to have workers comp. That makes sense. I would yeah. agree with that. Like, I feel
1: like, especially in this line of work, we should have some sort of safety net, like some sort of limit on the kind of bills we can get from an accident. Oh yeah. Uh. So like, what? Connor, that agent so one of the earliest conversations you and i had connor was talking about disability insurance and you were the first person that kind of put it in my mind that because okay so i've never taken out a comp policy on myself um it didn't feel like it was worth the expense and i just kept a savings pool and i have health insurance so it never felt like anything but to do but there was also that notion of like you know if shit does hit the fan, if I'm really incapacitated with big medical bills, like I don't know a safety net. I never loved that. I didn't know there was a good alternative. Connor, you put disability insurance on my radar. Yeah. And I I was kind of blown away at, you're not going to get a ton of money from it, but for like 100, 150 bucks, you can get your living expenses paid for quite some time. If there's an oh, accident. Yeah. And that, that's an accident. If you are snowboarding, hiking, like anything, working any sort of thing, in anything you do in life. Whereas workers' comp yeah. is just for work, and it's yeah. comprehensive, and there's medical bill support there. But like, man, for bang for buck, for disability, and how comprehensive it is, I was like, yes, yeah, sign me up.
3: It's and an you're saying one fifty a month or one fifty? Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. I. I don't know how much I'm paying, but like. Yeah. Especially like I'm younger, like my insurance agent, his mind was like blown, like for how inexpensive it is. Like for someone who's younger, like what I'm paying, if, if I was in my fifties and that number would be a lot higher, mm-hmm. uh, but signing onto this policy now, like I'm securing an insanely low, ro- low rate, like indefinitely. And I can, um, yeah. It, if I get injured, at any time, non work related, like my, basically I'm still going to be getting that, sal- like my salary amount, like it's, mm-hmm. I'm going to have my living expenses for my family Yeah, if I get injured anywhere. It's, so it, that was, I don't know, that was cool. He He was sharing, like not many people know about it, but it's, as an owner, it's a great thing to get, especially like. Yeah, especially if you're younger, it's crazy and expensive. Yeah. It, especially compared fractions. to comp, which is yeah, five times more expensive
1: and comp. less less comprehensive. Um so I, I think there's probably a lot of younger people listening who maybe don't have anything like that and have ruled out comp just just as a matter of course. Uh but yeah, disability is worth a look for sure. Um, yeah and anything else to say what luke luke do you have experience with it thoughts on it
3: no so um my like my poor kid brain we grew up without a lot of money like hates paying insurance on anything Mm -hmm. so um no that's really i i haven't i haven't looked into it for myself personally and honestly like i could at this stage of the game, like I love to be in the field and I love producing and I I do more of it than I should, but my real role is not really in the field at this stage, like, or actually completing work on a job site. It's more kind of supervision management type stuff and a lot, a lot more sitting down in front of a computer than it used to be. So I'm not Mm -hmm. concerned about that for myself personally, but you know, like for my brother, um, you know, get, getting him health insurance this year was something that was important for us as a company. And, uh, but yeah, no, not nothing with a disability in particular. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you, Luke, do you provide health insurance to all your employees? What, you're, you're a larger, more established company. What's What do you do on that
3: front? So I take it on a case-by-case basis because, and I do that kind of with, All of our pay structure, all of our benefit packages, like, I don't necessarily have a set, um, like, ranking, like, Connor, you were talking about, and, like, I admire that. I think that's, especially as we've been hiring more younger people, like, we don't have that rank system in place. And I think people like to be able to feel like they're growing and even if it's smaller incremental steps, it's like if you give somebody a 50 cent raise after three months, as opposed to waiting a year and giving them a $2 raise, you know, it's like, it'll cost you the same amount of money. It's just, they feel better about climbing up the ladder, Mm -hmm. but, um, health insurance is what we're talking about. So no, I talk to guys individually and I see where they're at. So like a lot of guys have it through their wives. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that we're hiring at this stage are younger and, i think this is nationwide 26 right you're still on your parents yeah. health insurance right. so many of them are still on their parents so it's not something i offer just kind of like right out of the gate it's something i talk to guys about during the interview process uh if it is something they that would be important to them um uh, we've added it in the past right yeah. so like right now uh right now we're providing it to nobody in the company but everybody has health insurance in the company so it's just not through us particularly Easy. also good exactly. no it's also like through new york state sometimes depending on how much money you're making it's actually they can get better coverage at a much cheaper cost to mm. get it themselves you know through the new york state uh marketplace or whatever it is yeah. and then it just ends up be, it just ends up making more sense to them, cost them less money and as opposed to if we're paying for like a crappy health insurance for them that we can afford, um, but yeah, that that's really it for us. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it a pain for you? You said you you've added it situationally. Is that like easy to kind of turn on and off on a case by case basis? Because I've heard it's super annoying to set up, but you're
3: it, it like is click on a button to you. So kind of like Connor was saying about the um, his accountant. Like once I got established with a good insurance agent. And it was like, I I was just very upfront about our situation. I was like, this is not something that I intend to be doing always. You know, I really need like something in place that if somebody comes on board who needs it in a situation that they need it, I need to be able to help out. And then once my brother needed it, it was just like, that's, so we kind of have like a running account with that company. Mm -hmm. And then when we need to bring somebody else in, they'll just kind of add them on. But it's like leaning on those people, those your contacts, right? It's like, I lean heavily on our accountant. I lean heavily on our insurance agents because it's like, I don't know this stuff. I don't enjoy it. I didn't get into painting or or starting a business to, you know, crunch percentages or understand like what a copay is entirely. You know, it's just like, it it does nothing for me. It adds nothing to my life. So it's like, how do we solve this the most efficient way with the least amount of money and the most amount of benefit? Right, right, right.
1: That just reminded me, you can add employees to your disability uh, package for relatively cheap. I remember it was like, like 20 30 bucks per employee after me. Really? Um, and that's what? something. Yeah. Really? But at least that's what my agent said. Um, so yeah, I just hmm. wanted to tack that on. Made me think about it. Okay. Connor, um, what about health insurance and your employees?
2: Uh. I mean, I'm, it's something I've just not, I've not looked into. I'm just from all the talk I've heard, it's like really complicated setting up. It's also very expensive. I have three employees, so I've, I've just heard for, if you're smaller, it's, it's really a lot Mm -hmm. to set it up. I've not looked into it. Um, And, uh, as far as like the people working for me, I, uh, just during the interview process, I asked them about like, it, like, are there any deal breakers? Like, is what, like health insurance, what's your situation? Um, they've not brought up any desires for me providing like health insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's something, yeah, like as. You know, if we grow, I'm going to look into, but that's just a bridge that I don't think needs to be crossed right now in terms of something I'm offering. Yeah. Um, But one thing I'm I mean, just interested to in, like, pick your guys' brain on this, because this is actually one of my top things on my docket for the early part of this year is you know what do you guys do for vacation packages because i i think especially like mm. i'm looking to hire apprentices so they're younger and i think having good vacation time is much more appealing to someone in their 20s than health insurance <laughs> um and agree and yeah. so I'm so like yeah, as I've worked at paint for these yeah paint contractors in the past, like the last one I worked at high end paint company over three million in revenue a year. Horrible vacation packages. Like after after one year, I was eligible for like three days of vacation time. Like and like honestly, that's like so that's common. Um, and right now, I'm I'm not offering vacation to employees just because I like I want to really look at uh and yeah just come up with like a strategy and like what to set aside how to budget for that Uh, but that's like something I I really want to do is and I, I think would be very important with attracting the right people like the people I want working for me is offering a um generous vacation package. Like, um, yeah, even, you yeah, even thinking about like my, my, my brother just moved out of Portland. He's working at an architecture firm. He gets like three weeks vacation like, <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. And there, I'm like with these, you know, in, in many businesses, like any, many other like professional businesses in the industry, in different industries, like having, Um, at least two weeks of paid vacation time, if not more is very common. And yet in the trades and especially like the painting, like industry, at least from my experience, uh, there isn't paid vacation time. And if it is, it's like really just, it's honest, it's pathetic. So I, I, I'm just like thinking in my head, like if I can come up with a, a vacation package, like if you're with me for after three months to like a year, like you're in you're an apprenticeship one week after, after you reach this level, two weeks after this up to three weeks, like mm-hmm. what would that look like if I build that into my company right now? Um, and how do I accommodate for that? Because I'm, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just see that as for like the well-being of like your employees, like, giving them time to like be able to take a vacation, take time off and know they're still getting paid. Like that's huge. Um, and I, I think that's going to be a big thing that uh, especially like the younger generation is going to want. Um, ha- like what do you guys, what have, what have you guys done with vacation for your employees? I'll start with that.
1: Yeah. I'm, um- I'm with you with it where it's an idea kind of like I'll group like paid and sick time off and all that stuff like in with that of now that everything is getting honed and formalized, I'm wanting to think about that. I don't have answers yet. Um I, you were talking about like things that millennials or young people care about versus, or don't like health insurance, maybe not a big thing. Um I, I know paid and unpaid time off is not the same thing. But a ton of unpaid time off, I think, can be seen as a benefit for some people. Um, Relative to them having a job that says you need to be here X amount of hours every week, X amount of hours every month, or else there are consequences. Um, I am extraordinarily lenient about unpaid time off. Which, which is like something, but I recognize that only goes so far. Um, but yeah all, yeah, all I can really say is it's something I'm thinking about that I want to solidify more. I'm more, I think I would probably implement like a sick, sick time off, like paid time off that they can use for anything before vacation time, just because I feel like people are going to be a little more stressed out if they're sick and losing out on money just feel, sitting there feeling miserable and losing money <laughs> relative to being on vacation and knowing that they're not getting paid. Like, I feel like that's a different experience. This is also one of those things where I don't, I don't think I'm good at conceiving of like what an employee wants. Cause I just like growing up in this trade where if like, if I wasn't working, I wasn't making money. And that was just kind of how I grew up. It's like my input matches my output. And yeah. the idea that I would pay someone to not work is like partially, like, I don't like, <laughs> I recognize it's part of the game I got to play and something I got to do, but it's just not in my nature.
3: Well, it's know? probably because you've had how many paid days of vacation have you had in your life? Um, just this past year
1: when my employees are working diligently yeah. while I'm on vacation. Yeah, so. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're still working. Yeah. Like,
3: that's, yeah, that's not the same yeah. thing. Yeah, but no,
1: It's, it's yeah.
3: Yeah, to piggyback on that, like that's I have that same thought process in my head. I'm just like, uh like it is it's I've literally never been paid not to work. Like when I before I was painting, I was I was doing all types of like different things in the construction world. Um for us we do we do five paid floating holidays. So it's like Christmas, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, and then this year, it's also going to be two of the summer holidays, whatever. You know, there's, I can't remember which ones there are, like Memorial Day and Labor Day or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then we do, after a year, you get um, a week, a, a week's paid vacation. So anyone who's with us for more than a year gets that. And that's just newly instituted this year. So this year's the first year we've had. I had a couple guys the last couple years who had been with us from the beginning that had gotten a, a week previously. Um, but now it'll be kind of company-wide for everybody who's been with us for a year. And also like the, the five, like f- floating type holidays, like that's, I think that's what you call them. I don't even know if that's right, but that was kind of like, I would sit there uh, like a couple days before Christmas and I'd just be like, I'm going to pay everybody for Christmas. And I would feel really good about myself because I made that decision, you know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, bro, you're a company. That's what you're supposed to do. It's like, <laughs> But so that's how we do it. Uh, and it's, I factor in that, that those 10 days into my uh, labor cost for the employee. So like when I'm doing my job costing, I roll 80 hours of paying them and not getting production into their, the, the cost rate. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So I'll try to account for it as much on those profit loss sheets per job as I can.
1: You anticipated my next question on that I feel like we can also go back and quickly plug that 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 principle we were talking about earlier of just like getting disciplined on your cash flow and budgeting capital for stuff like that those intangibles like that's a pool of money you need to have your eye on right like that is that's part of your cash flow is that that is part of what's going out without production coming in
3: so, yeah and if you plan for it it's not a lot like it, it's yeah. it when you look at that number you're like I'm giving them that much money to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, break that over 2000 hours. Yeah. Now, how much is that per hour? It's like, yeah. then just do it. Cause it's going to make them happy and they're going to work better. Those other 2000 hours when they're actually at work.
1: Right. On. right on. Hmm. Um. Okay. Anything do you else guys
2: give you? yourselves vacation time? Are you going to do as like, I mean, given like we're, all like technically WDU employees like you guys have you guys been giving yourselves time for vacation rest relaxation this past year
3: (laughs) I account for that time in dividends when we pay ourselves at the end of the year but I don't I don't make the time for myself personally I didn't this year at least I did a lot of those weekends like All right, babe. We'll go out for like we'll do like two nights, Friday, Saturday, and I'll leave work at like, you know, after setting somebody up on a job on Friday and then spend you know a day and a half away somewhere and come back. Mm -hmm. Noah, on the other hand, is a wizard at this. It's. (laughs) I don't know if I should feel
1: bad talking.
3: No, you should feel. I should feel like an idiot. You should feel good. (laughs) Go ahead, tell Connor about this.
1: I was. On actual vacation
3: for two total months
1: last year because that is by design that is it's it's a lifestyle thing i ruined my life with this business in my 20s and now i feel like i'm finally doing it well and i'm yeah. gonna reap the rewards until life forces me to change that um so yeah the deal with myself was I, if I'm going to be on vacation, it can't be at the, the expense of an employee. I can't leave them hanging and not working because I wanted to go do something fun because that's not right. And it's also, I still need to make that monthly payment to myself that I make. Like I, I need the revenue stored up to still pay myself my salary. Um, and yeah, that was the deal. So mm. Because I had just one full-time employee uh, who was either happy to also be on vacation when I was, or I set up a project where she was self-sufficient, it was very doable. Um, And yeah, so it was up to like seven and 10-day vacations and then a lot of long weekends. But that was,
2: yeah, that that was how I set myself up.
1: That was how I did it.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what? One of my high points of twenty twenty one, it was late, uh, it was early September, and I got COVID, and we were on lo- our largest project of the year, uh, chemically stripping a uh, <laughs> Tudor style home, putting FBE on the trim. That mineral silicate paint on the stucco like really crazy thorough process and yeah we were in the middle of the prep phase and i got yeah i got covid and i just hired someone like i i hired someone days before i got covid and other person was with me for 1 month other person with me for uh 4 or 5 months at that point When are we going to get to the high point of this story? (laughs) Here's, Here's the high point of me. I was gone from that project for, yeah, like five total days. We have four day work weeks for employees. Like that's one thing I've implemented that has been amazing, by the way, for myself and especially employees. But so I was off that project for five total days I was, I mean, COVID took me out for eight or nine days total. Um, but what, why this was my high point was that project went on just fine without me, like they didn't need me. Like they actually hit what they needed to, like they did great. I, yeah, I had some phone calls, but I did not worry about the people I had on that project and. Like that piece, like I was not stressed at all the entire time I had COVID. I was not worried about like, are they going to be like messing this up? Like they, they actually, they did a good job and that felt amazing. And that really like released me into looking ahead this year. Like I'm planning on taking a, like our first family vacation and I want to take at least a full week. And I want to take it in the summer when it's nice out. Nice. And I like, yeah, I mean that, yeah, just, yeah, just, that was a high point. Just realizing like, when you have other people and you've like, you're being diligent with training, like systems, it like things can carry on without you and it'll just, it'll just be fine. Yeah. And that was like, so for me, that was like a big win and, and relief for me this year just seeing that project just not shipwreck like it it carried on perfectly without me isn't that
3: crazy that we need things like that in our life like you needed covid i was the same way i got i was and i had a similar experience like not so much with the job site being not going awry like i wasn't worried about that but i just slowed down when i had covid for two weeks and i was like (sighs) like it just was like it was kind of nice Like that's how jacked up my business is. Like I got COVID and I was like, yes, (laughs) two weeks off from this thing. But it it is kind of like, it takes something like that to be like, Hey, you have to stop. Like You have to be forced to stop in order to learn. Like, and that's like that kind of determination that you have in your business. Like while it's, what's going to allow us to be successful, it's also going to hinder us if we don't keep like a check on it you know, because I struggle with that too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's important because like, especially like running a business, like, man, if, if I'm going to be doing this for the next, how many years ahead and I'm worried about taking a week off to take a vacation with my family, like, then honestly, like this, having a business is like having that type of business is going to suck. And what's like, really, what's the point of it? If, if I'm yeah, forced to work crazy hours every week, I'm not taking trips with my like, build memories with my boys, like they need memories of vacations time with their dad, like, not only on like vacation, but like a weekly basis. My wife and my boys need like time with me. Like if I'm not if I'm having if a business where it's just running my life, then I like, I don't want that. And yeah. that yeah, that was, that was just having COVID was not nice, but having like just seeing my team operate well without me was it, that was something I needed to see. Um, And that would have been hard to pull myself off of willingly. Um, So that's, yeah
3: that's kind of Noah. where you i feel like you have set yourself apart from a lot of guys where like that intentionality of your business like i know for me like i just kind of it just got bigger and bigger and like we're still succeeding and it's like all right let's keep going and and it just was and that's where we are today is now like kind of like reshaping it now that we got this big but like I mean, you were doing all this legwork, but before you had anybody on the squad, you were just doing like unnecessary SOPs. When it's like, who are you doing these SOPs for, bro? You got you don't have anybody on board yet, (laughs) but look, like, but look at what that's done, right? Taking that intentionality and bringing that from the square one, and it's like now, like, it's like your business works for you, like it's supposed to be, whereas, like. I know for me, I feel like I'm running to try to keep up with the business and Connor at the stage that you're at right now, it kind of sounds like that too. Or so it's, it's cool to talk with somebody who's sitting there kind of on the other end of it and thinking in the opposite direction almost, you know? Yeah. And like I alluded to before, it's the,
1: the part that no one heard me talking about was my, like the early years in it when I was working 60 hours a week and making below minimum wage probably. Right. And it's like, That wasn't fun, but then opening my eyes to other ways of doing things and like expanding my mind and drinking everything up. It's like, okay, if this thing doesn't work for me and I can't optimize it, I might as well go be someone else's employee and admit that I suck at this and not do it. Like if you have the capacity to to just invent this thing and change it, it should be allowing you to fulfill your dreams and your best life. Like it's, everyone has the capacity to create that to some extent. So yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's where I've put it, but it's also like, I have a fantastic employee. Um, and I also like don't have kids. So it's, it's, and there's, there's pluses and minuses to, to everything. Right. And like the big plus that I have right now is a ton of flexibility and, shit, I just bought a fixer-upper. That's going to change this year, like, and I'm going to have tenant problems. I promise you that, like, I'm going to have things that constrain me in ways that I wasn't last year, and, like, it's it's going to change every year, but I sure as hell enjoyed last year on that front, and if that was, like, my big window in life where, like, everything worked perfectly, then
3: great, but... yeah. No, but it's, it's a good, it's like, it's good to have that, that goal set there for that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's possible.
3: Like, yes. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: There you go. Yeah. You've proven it. It's possible. Yeah. I have a question for you guys about, uh, are you doing for yourself or for employees? Are you guys doing any retirement stuff? No. Um, that was actually the
1: next topic though is like long-term wealth building how you guys see it and then employee stuff um so i'm a no on employees
3: how about you guys we do uh 401ks so that was uh we match up to a certain percentage and we actually just recently changed it to everybody's uh eligible day one when they come on board So it's, uh, it's also a really great way to get money out of the business tax free for yourself. So there's Mm -hmm. like a giant employer benefit to it as well. Mm -hmm. So like you can, um, with me and my brother, both being owners, we can both, if the funds are available, instead of paying taxes on a dividend, we could essentially put that entire dividend into a 401k and it can sit there and grow there. And as long as we don't need it for anything, you know, or even if you do, like my brother just bought a house this year, he was able to take a loan out against the money that he had in his 401k, so essentially a loan from his, from himself, um, access that money for a down payment for a house. And then he just has to pay himself back over the next five years, I think back into the mm. 401k. Mm. Okay, there's a lot we
1: could dive into there. Like, those are some powerful tools there that you just talked about.
3: It's just a huge tax saving. And it's it's also one of those things that, like, is a 22-year-old that excited about a 401k? No. But, like, is a 27-year-old? Is a 30-year-old who's thinking about buying a house and starting to get his shit together? Like, mm-hmm. is that guy? Because we have a big, we have, like, a bracket of younger guys, and then we have, like, six of us at like 30 ish Mm -hmm. and then we have some older guys that 30 ish people like once we instituted the 401k all of them signed up like immediately and like opted in on you know part of their paycheck and like it's you know we talk about it and we talk about different funds that people have their money in because you can manage it all like through the we do it through our payroll service Mm -hmm. so it's been been definitely been beneficial for us as owners and also for the employees mm-hmm. and it's reasonably it, the startup is can be expensive depending on what service you're using but then afterwards it's just kind of like a you just factored into like your weekly payroll thing and it just kind of you don't even really notice it going out mm-hmm. to service that's, it that's the employee thing you kind of touched on what
1: you do but like is i i kind of think of all of these pools you know the roth the the like the more traditional these are all levers we can pull for tax advantages or not based on you know how we want to plan our future like what would you like can you talk about how you use those different pools and the tax advantage one 100 percent yeah like monthly versus just you know end of the year
3: like yeah i'm a big end of the year guy because like okay. we were talking about before like having that money in the business when before the end of the like having a larger pool in the business makes me more comfortable personally than Mm -hmm. having that out in my personal um but end of the year i'll sit down and as long as the funds are there i'll max out mine and my brother's 401k so that's nineteen thousand five hundred bucks you can take at per person per Mm -hmm. owner Mm -hmm. you can take out of the business put directly into your 401k you have to pay I don't know if you have to pay like withholdings on it, but you, you don't have to pay like, it doesn't factor into your uh, profits. So that, that, Mm -hmm. that money is removed from your profits. So your bottom line gets a lot lower Mm -hmm. so that, that essentially 20 grand per person is you're not going to get taxed for. So that's huge, especially if you're running numbers at the end of the year and somebody's like, well, you need to spend, you know, if you spend 10 grand, you're going to save three grand in taxes you know, so it's a big flop. And then, you know, for you do that six years in a row, that's 120,000 bucks you have sitting in and growing mm-hmm. in the stock market right now. Like, I think the mine is growing at like a 12 percent rate for the last couple yeah. years.
1: Yeah.
3: And I'm not gonna do a math lesson on compounding interest because i have no idea what i'm talking about but i've heard that it's beneficial and i I, it's tracking that way so like that but that's what we do and like i said it's it's kind of a no-brainer i know that there's you have to offer it to your employees as well you can't just do the 401k yourself Mm -hmm.
1: i i'll add a slight asterisk on that so i have a sep for myself which is a traditional so it it comes off of my taxable income at the end of the year um i can have it without giving it to an employee uh, but there's a threshold that if they're with me for like a certain amount of hours for two or three years under the the set plan then i have to give it to them but to one k is clearly different but there are there are several different options like that that we can have as employee employers and there's different ramifications with different numbers for how that affects our employees yep um connor what do you do on this front for yourself thoughts on employee stuff like anything there
2: uh nothing no which yeah which yeah i need to i mean i'm yeah just at at this point in my life life personally like i've i've not thought much about retirement but i know i should and i know especially yeah like the, the longer i'm in business and the more people i hire like it, that's gonna be something that's important so that's yeah i mean that that's just an area like it's just i know nothing about like honestly mm-hmm. and um but it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been growing on my mind, especially like this past year of like taking time to learn about it and do something about it, especially, um, yeah, to set up, you know, my family and my wife and I for success later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've just, yeah, just even like just be reminded of just working with, other guys in the past, like painters, like they're in their fifties and sixties. They've done nothing about retirement their whole life. I mean, they're just planning on living off of Social Security, like that's their plan, and that's yeah. And they're at a they realize they're in a in a bad position. So yeah,
3: that's a lot of guys. That's guys that I've working for me now. That's that was my dad for the longest time. You know, just. Yeah. Because it's also, like, you don't, a lot of people don't get into the trades for, like, stability and long-term planning, you know? So it's kind of, like, our opportunity as business owners is to build build that into it, you know? And because if you're not going to be in the, actually, in the field, like, swinging the brush, elevating the trade that way. Then, like, you can attract the type, a better type of person, or a higher quality of individual to the trade by how you run your business, and that will help to elevate the trade and the work that's being done, and the respect that people have mm-hmm. for it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Luke. How how complicated is it to learn about? retirement 401ks and implement that in your business is it like how much i guess how much work should someone like myself expect if i'm wanting to actually do something about it do you is use a payroll sorry go ahead yeah i i, I, I use a pay- payroll service um so. chances
3: are that payroll service can set it up so like like i said we you do ours through paychecks and <clears throat> i don't love paychecks by the way, but it's just who we got set up with and they're okay if you like staying on hold for hours. <laughs> but <laughs> they, they do have good systems in place. Like I can run payroll on my phone if I need to. But um, through them, I sat down with a lady. She sold me on it. We we sat down for an hour at Starbucks, went over some stuff. I signed a bunch of papers. I cut them a check for like 2400 bucks for like startup costs or something like that next time and then i went on to like our online portal and i just clicked like a, a new thing had come up in my online portal and i just clicked like six percent of what my paycheck was i wanted to throw into my 401k um it was not complicated again it comes down to like letting the people who know what they're doing with it do it and then just deciding to trust them mm-hmm. and and then just making the decision to do it but it wasn't a lot You, you honestly, you could do it in, you know, three phone calls, one meeting, a chunk of change and staying on top of it. And then at the end of the year, again, it's just talking with the accountant about like, Hey, how much more should I put in my 401k this year? Does it, what makes sense from a tax perspective? If those employees are coming in with other
1: outside plans or personal plans, does that agency you're working with deal with like integrating all
3: that. Yep. So they just, they have, they get an online, so they get an online login. They can change. My employees can change how much they're putting into the retirement system. So if they want to go from four hours or 4% of their paycheck to 15% of their paycheck into their 401k, they can adjust that right online. When people onboard, that's part of their onboarding process, which is if they want to bring in funds from another company I just had a guy who left who was starting his own company. Uh, plaster Mike on Instagram, by the way, check him out. Awesome Venetian plaster guy. He's an awesome British accent. If you're in upstate New York and you want to hang out with somebody really cool, have him do a, a uh, accent wall for you. Great guy, but um, he's he started so he rolled his into an IRA from our 401k. I called. They're like, you don't need to call us. I was like, the employee needs to call us. That was it. So it was cool. like nothing for me to do there. Uh, it's it's just setting it up, and it, then it's after that, it's not much work at all. Hmm. That's really
1: good to hear.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, when I think of retirement, four hundred and one k, I just see a, just a massive quagmire. Just like so much. Like it's. It's beyond what I know. I, it looks intimidating, and it's going to take up a lot of time and mental bandwidth. And um, what if I choose? What if I mess up? Just like that. Really, not good excuses, honestly. But um,
3: no, we all do it though with everything. You know, it's not just it's it's not using that new paint because it's look that you haven't used it. It's who likes doing stuff they're not good at or they don't understand. I don't. I mean like
1: let's be real financial education isn't a thing that happens unless you make it happen or unless someone like corners you and talks at you about it like we don't learn this stuff in school yeah Yeah. and we're all we're all like 30 somethings we probably all watched our parents lose a good chunk of their net worth in two thousand six, seven, or whatever so it's like I know I had some baggage around like why would I invest in the stock market? That's too risky in my early mid twenties. And it's like, I wish I started then. Yeah. Um, I, I ignored it because it was scary and I didn't understand it for a while. And you know, if you're 22 and listening to this and you don't think it's important, look up compounding interest, play with the calculators from starting at 20 or starting at 30 or starting at 40. And Yeah. Go play with a compounding interest calculator if you don't think this stuff is important.
3: And then throw that thing out the window and buy a shitload of Bitcoin and you'll be fine. (laughs) 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 NFTs, baby. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um,
1: But yeah, no, this stuff isn't sexy and it can be intimidating, but I think it's really important to, again, just get at the very, very least, get on people's radar as something to think about and research and talk about. Um, okay. We've gone through what we do for ourselves and employ. Actually, I haven't. I keep forgetting myself. Um, I do a Roth IRA, which is not tax deductible that year. You pay the taxes on those contributions on the year you make them. But then when you take them out at 60, whatever, you paid all the taxes on them. That's, a, I think, like a $5,500 per year limit, and I max that out every year non-negotiable. I do an HSA maxed out every year non-negotiable. That is tax deductible in that year. You never pay taxes on that money if you spend it on qualified medical expenses. That's a really broad category. It includes just about everything. That, those limits are like mid
3: threes if you're single every year. Is that, through, do you do the HSA through the business?
1: My business do, does those contributions. So I have a private account, but again, like talking about that as a benefit, like and yeah. 3 painting pays that those that, those HSA contributions nice. so that I don't have to pay taxes to myself on payroll tax and then yep. make that contribution. Smart. And it's a write-off. And you can invest those funds in the stock market and those gains are tax-free
3: too. But so it sits people, in that account and it needs similar to a 401k. Exactly. Okay.
1: And I see that as part of like the safety net, just like disability. It's like I waived comp and if shit hits the fan, I have a bunch of medical bills. I have that tax-free money that I put into my HSA and have invested and grown that again, all tax-free. Like that, smart. when I'm talking about safety net, it's like, I have pools for specific things like that. And now they're starting to grow. And like, I'm sure we can all relate to this. Like you get a small injury, you have some sort of ache and pain. Like maybe you don't go to the doctor because you don't feel like wasting three hours and a couple hundred bucks on some vague diagnosis. And then it gets better a day after you go. Like having that money put away for just medical stuff is it makes it easier to go get checked out for stuff that you could easily just ignore or kick the can down the road. I've noticed that change within myself. Um,
3: that's that's super. And that's also like for somebody, that's not a, like, it's a lot of money, right? But it's not an unachievable amount of money for like a sole proprietor to put away on their own. That's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm not going, I don't want to pay workers comp. I don't want the money going away. I'm not seeing any benefit from it. It's like, okay. Don't then, but take that take 3,500 bucks a year or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. throw it in this account. It's your money. You watch it grow. And like you said, Mm -hmm. if you get hurt and you got to clear that thing out, like if you get really hurt, it's not going to help. But if you get like, just if you break your wrist or, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that will be enough to, you know, to cover that. It's just, it's a very sensible approach. It is. It's not difficult to do.
1: No, they're really easy to set up and they're just, I like, I want to shout these things from the rooftops. They're so smart. They're, they're just, yeah. These I really
3: don't cool. have one. I'm sitting here writing it down over and over again on my piece of paper over here. Yeah. yeah. You need, <laughs> so you need a high deductible health
1: plan to be eligible for it. That's part okay. of your game. So it's like, you're going to get one of those kind of crappy ones that you don't plan on using much where it's like your max out of pocket is going to be like five, six grand a year, at least in Vermont and yeah so it's so yeah if the worst case happened i have a big injury i can't work i have my max out of pocket six grand due. i clear out my hsa that's money i've already forgotten about and written off tax-free that hurts a little less and then disability kicks in my medical bills are covered by the hsa disability is covering basic living expenses like that's, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Your business buying you is a safety net. Your business buying you is just like a benefit to you taking all this risk. It's mm-hmm. Again, I, I flew with none of that for a long time. But when I started thinking about it, it's like, which combination of all these things is the most sensible for my situation? And that's what I landed on.
3: Why do you go with the Roth? Um, there's, there's so much like...
1: Roth versus traditional theory out there. Yeah. I decided to split the difference. So I have both of okay. this. The SEP is a traditional. Yep. And that I, I can put tens of thousands of dollars in that. So that's the one where I get to tax time and see if I want to shave five grand off the top.
3: Yep. I got gotcha. you. And then,
1: then I, I slam dunk that. and Throw SEP. that into the
3: Roth. So, yeah.
1: Yep. So I do monthly contributions to all this stuff, though, just so it's like that cash flow out discipline going into it and then at the end of the year it's like top off whichever one is the most strategic
3: yeah yeah it's funny that like we have exactly opposite ways of thinking about that money coming out like Mm. when i was talking about liking to leave as much as i can until the end of the year Mm -hmm. because i feel more comfortable with that bigger chunk of change in there if shit hits the fan where like Mm -hmm. you are like i feel much more comfortable knowing actually how much money that is that's in there because I've already accounted for these things in there. I think your way is better. Uh, You may may have me (laughs) rethinking this one.
2: Yeah, it's,
1: you know, as long as you do it at some point, there's no wrong way. I think it's, I tried the lump sum end of year thing initially and there was always something else that came up that would steal from those pots i was trying to fill yeah and if you build it into your monthly budget and just say this is a fixed cost going out of my account just like rent and things that i can't negotiate on yeah then i think it becomes easier and then at the end of the year you're not starting from zero to fill that pot yeah you're topping it off um it's it's whatever works it's wh- however you can be disciplined i think but that's that's the way that's that has been good for me
3: mm. yeah you don't miss it if it's gone
1: yes yes you can't take it back without a penalty so it's it's <laughs> yeah. yeah good luck more incentive mm-hmm. um mm. yeah so like those are the pools and then i see real estate as a long-term wealth building thing which With this investment property, I am buying. That's like my first step into that land, and I'll I'll probably keep doing that. But gotta get through this one first.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you got a doozy on your hands with the duplex.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is a. I'll. I will probably end up complaining about what I am about to inherit on this on this show at some point, but it's not for today (laughs) because I don't. (laughs) There is more question marks than than anything else.
3: Yeah, think happy thoughts. It's gonna go great. Yeah. The roof's yeah. great, plumbing sound, <laughs> and the people that are living there now are gonna be awesome tenants. <laughs> You're totally right, dude. Um
1: all right, we talked safety net benefits. I'm I'm left with this conversation feeling like I really gotta double down on at least firming up what like the time off and the paid time off looks like. yeah i really just want to start offering something and firm that up there's so many different things you can offer um i don't hear about that many businesses at like that two three four five employee level doing much on this front um but that doesn't mean it's not important so yeah i'm left thinking about that Hmm. any final thoughts on these
3: Questions, comments. I'm gonna start at HSA. Yes, uh, hundred percent. And um, I think that just makes me also realize, like, I thought I had this thing nailed down. Like, I thought I had avenues for like tax-free savings nailed down, and right. And then talking to you, it's like, well, here's another thing, right? So it's, I think, remaining teachable and open for more information as we grow our businesses is like that ends up being everything
2: yeah
3: because i like it's you can get caught in a in a in doing the same like staying the course is only good if your course is great yeah you know change is measurable and oftentimes it's good so being aware of the opportunities for me that that's the big takeaway for tonight
1: 100 percent, and it's like I mean, there's so many really good resources out there. Like the financial independence community is super dorky about all this stuff. I listened to a podcast called the Bigger, uh, Bigger Pockets podcast. It's a real estate network, but they have a money-specific podcast where they will basically invite a person on, a layperson, and audit their financial outlook and what they're doing and recommend, you know, fixes and things to implement. And, like, just hearing those case studies over and over again build a repertoire of that stuff and it's yeah mm. <sighs> there's there's a lot to learn it, it
2: it can be overwhelming yeah this this was good i mean i i guess i'm walking away from this <clears throat> realizing uh, just i gotta start just start somewhere uh, would yeah like retirement and just yeah one thing i was gonna do anyway anyway just vacation time but yeah especially like retirement and yeah um i don't know it it just it really makes sense and I, i don't know like personally like i'm i'm coming out of a long period where like for my wife and i it was just like making ends meet like it's just survival survival mode for like so long so yeah. now that like <clears throat> have a, a, a business and like employees and um you know we're bringing in revenue i'm still like just kind of keeping that like tight conservative grip and yeah have, have not considered looking at these other things because it's like intimidating and like that's but yeah i mean with with my age and where we're at and like, uh, uh, that's something I should probably look at this month, in January and just yeah. Contact my payroll service about 401ks and look into setting, setting aside money for that. Yeah. I yeah. recommend it.
3: My brain still thinks that same way too, by the way, like that scarcity mindset, like, and I, it, we were just very, we had no money growing up. And so like, that is just burned into my head. Like hold on to it all. And like, I have to fight that instinct. Like this was probably why i know, like what I was saying, like, I don't like doing the monthly thing. I don't just like, I feel better if it's right here. It's like, yeah, but it's over there and it makes more sense over there, but uh, yeah, but I can hold it if it's right here. You know, it's like, like we were talking, it's like, just that damage that gets done in your brain when you think about money however you were raised or you know whatever whatever the situation was Mm -hmm. not that like
1: to be real that was a really hard adjustment of making those monthly withdrawals non-negotiable that felt like senseless and painful and stupid like i knew it was important and i still like setting up that automatic withdrawal like it was super uncomfortable for some reason so like yeah. I I completely feel that, um, but yeah. yeah yeah, oh and just to like like the companies I use are Vanguard for uh, IRAs because they have really low cost fees. Look into the expense ratios for whoever you're using; those can eat up a ton of your money long term. So. I'm into Vanguard. They're not the only ones with low expense ratios, but Vanguard is a good company. They're easy to work with. And then I use health equity for HSAs. So
3: just gonna put that in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're very good at reminding me of the show notes. <laughs> That's my favorite thing.
2: Yeah.
3: It just feels like a normal conversation if I don't say show notes. And I'm like, we're podcasting <laughs> here, people. Show notes. And again, these
1: are not the only ones look into it for your own situation, but these are companies that I know a lot of people use, and they've been good good for me so um okay, it's like eleven o'clock. I think we should probably <laughs> start to close this thing out um yeah I, th- I think we did We did a good job on this topic for. I mean, do you guys just want to close it out and add the bullshitting? Quick hot take with Luke.
3: You want me to do a hot take real quick? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll start on just a quick controversy. Yes. Uh, at the Blasi painting, you do not cut a caulk tube at an angle. You cut a caulk tube straight across the top. And then we sand down the edges of the caulk tube. This may seem excessive, but you're going to be caulking with this one tube for most likely about four to six hours, and it takes an extra two minutes to do it. So that sanded point is a smaller surface area. Less caulk comes out of it as you're caulking. It still gets into the corners without the angle because we've sanded that point down to a fine tip. So it allows you to get into the corners still, and you apply much less caulk. Therefore, you're removing less caulk, making less of a mess, and essentially tighter caulking. uh, And that's how we do it. And if you cut your caulk tube at an angle, I think you're wrong. I'm laying it down right here. Boom. (laughs) Hard facts.
1: Okay. So I'm going to ask the obvious in the weeds craftsman question, which is what kind of sandpaper, what
3: grit? So 80 grit. 80 grit's good. You take it. Oh, no, no, no. Because you got to cut through that. There's a lot of plastic you got to cut through to really round it out. Uh So Uh just hand sand it. Sometimes I'll just take a piece of sandpaper and just kind of rotate the the tube of caulk till I'm starting to get close to wearing down the edges to the point where that that tip gets small. And then, yeah, but if you cut it at an angle, think about how much more surface area that hole is covering. Like, yeah, you're able to slide it right into a corner, but you're putting out way too much caulk. So like, generally, unless we were working in on v- very often, it's very good carpenters we're following behind and there's not a ton of caulking and it's much more important to keep it tight than to, you know, hammer a quarter inch gap between baseboards and a wall with, you know, on, at an apartment. Hey, I mean, I'm going to try it this week for sure.
1: Who taught you this?
3: Was this a... This is what my convention? father. yeah yeah, this is my my old man and this came from because the guy that he works for worked for for a long time on one of the estates around here despises caulk to the point where he would have him mix together abatron water it down really loosely and wipe it into the corners and the cracks of trim on any exterior project Wow. yeah next level psychosis about uh, caulk so this was like the middle ground
1: I now you know since we're starting controversies with caulking right now that could be another <laughs> series. Um, you know how the internet is very divided on sealing tape that seals itself
3: theoretically, like uh, like frog tape, yeah, or any like
1: edge sealing tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sharp lines. Like, you don't AM. need the blah blah, blah. It's like if it's slightly textured, yes, you do. Like you need to ensure that that. That's my opinion. Yes, you do. But are the way. We have invented a way to quickly seal slightly porous, slightly textured stuff that may or may not bleed through if you don't caulk it. We thin cleared caulk a little bit in a bucket and then brush it on with an artist brush, real quick. So there's less, like the thing that takes forever about caulking is wiping the stuff off, unless you do the loop method and there's no excess. (laughs) But if you don't, if you just need a quick seal and like a tiny bit of maybe fill, if there's some some porosity or texture in between that, like base and a wall or something, you can just kind of manually brush a slurry on. It's gonna seal that tape. It's gonna infill anything that needs filling, and it's gonna dry quicker.
3: So I love that. We do that. Uh-huh. We did that for our first time. This the caulking the tape. I didn't even hear about that until this last year. Really? Yep. And I did it for the first time on a project where we were doing rough seat. We were doing stripes down this rough cedar uh siding and we were going down like each it was uh shakes so I had to drop the tape down on the little edge of each shake as well. And I did it with frog tape at first and I was like it didn't do it at all. And then I tried mm-hmm. the clear caulk and it was like boom. That yes. worked perfectly. But I <laughs> spent a lot of time wiping it and had I used your tactic it probably would have worked better. Yeah. I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Love it.
2: Wow. That's new. Yeah. Sue me. No I'll have to try out that uh, sanded tip. <laughs> Although I I like try and make my my angled cut on my caulking tube is I try and make it as like small as possible. But that's yeah, like barely barely cut it. Yeah, that's
3: that that's much more reasonable than many other you know when you see that tube of caulk cut on a job site and you're like what in God's name did you have to fill that That justifies this cut on this tube of caulk? The carpenter did it. Yeah, exactly. Or when the carpenter goes, oh, I'll caulk it for you. I'm like, P- put that tube of caulk down immediately yep. and stop half filling things. You Just not. leave it alone. I'll take care of all that crap. Mm-hmm. Just keep the hammer in your hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Hot takes with Luke. We will
1: uh, we'll stir some shit up next time beautiful we don't go over two hours at 1103 on a work night um but guys thank you for this conversation this is a good one and yeah any final thoughts
3: have a great week guys
1: yeah likewise yeah, uh,
3: remind people where they can find you deblazy painting.com and we do a good bit on instagram at blasi painting right on
2: yeah remnant restoration painting on instagram and remnantrestorationpainting.com
1: right on cool until next week fellas good night okay thanks for listening stay tuned for 3x base episode three the final one in this initial batch and remember to take the survey in the show notes to share your thoughts and do your part to shape the future of this show and again that coupon code painter Solutions, podcast gift orders of 100 or more before the end of february 2022 and you get some free stuff with your order take care
0: Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the painting contractors association and is made possible by members and industry partners to find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining pca visit pcapainted.org